you know you know what we did number 50 number 50 that's right we made it all the way to 50 did we do it in 50 weeks no we definitely didn't <laughs> um i think i don't actually know when we passed our year mark but it was a little while ago but it was 50, july it was oh, for yeah for the podcast i think it was like september or october maybe it is october nah, i don't remember i think uh, it's I think it's August or September, but either way, we did it. So welcome, everybody, to the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 50. I am your usual host, Jared, and to to celebrate this auspicious day with me, I've brought Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. I just want to say that I'm going to kill everybody in this industry. He's going to kill everyone. We have uh, Doug Wilson. That's me. And we have Jay Joseph. I'm also going to kill everyone. Okay, so two killers, two non-killers. I want I want to make this a threat to everyone in video game journalism, including enemy slime. <laughs> so, well, I mean, let's let's just jump let's just jump right into killing. By the way, August twenty first, two thousand thirteen, was the first podcast. Oh, and yeah. on September tenth, uh, Michael Mahoney from the Sioux wrote the following post: "The whale killed him, you philistine." I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. Oh, we were we were talking about Moby Dick in one of those first oh, okay. episodes, and I didn't know what had happened to Captain Ahab because, oh, there because you of, go. I haven't read <laughs> Moby Dick lately. So but, there you go. But hey, so obviously we've all got killing on the brain, on the mind, and why would that be? Well, let me let me tell you guys, it's been a rough week. There's... I was just making uh, statements that will probably not come back to haunt me at all forever. Yeah, let's let's try to keep this podcast as non incendiary as humanly possible. So okay. I want to open up my thread and include all developers as well. <laughs> Expand upon cute. it. All right, yeah. well, there you go, guys. Watch your back. Jay's coming for you. Let's start with hatred. So hatred is an emotion that a particularly dark and frightening character feels and feels the need to tell you multiple times in the trailer for the hit new game, Hatred. <laughs> Coming to you from Poland-based Destructive Creations, uh, the trailer was released upon the public this past week. Uh, it features a trench coat-clad, long-haired, dark and sinister individual who repeatedly announces how much he hates and how he is ready to kill everyone. Um, it's really, really badly written because I'm sure that the writer did not have English as a first language. So it just sounds awful and super melodramatic. And uh, You think that's the only reason it's badly written? Is you it think a- if English was the first language, it would be better? Maybe you could really? have done better. <laughs> really? I don't know. You honestly think that? That's the excuse I have. Um, I don't want to harp on this game too much because it sounds like the developers might kill us, depending I mean, on... No, they won't kill us. Not all, 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 all I have to say is, uh, you know, people that don't have English as a first language clearly should not allow to be writing in English. Well, no, no, no. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not, not saying that. I'm not saying and that. Not anywhere, especially not on a video game website. Well, but yes. sh- but should they be writing heavily melodramatic dialogue for a game about murdering innocent civilians? Let me ask this: Does it really? Does that really matter given the context of the game? Okay. Well, so we haven't we haven't finished. So let me finish explaining the game. I think you probably got the gist of it. If you didn't watch the trailer, uh, what basically happens is the character, he hates, he, he kills, he maims. And, um, and when and he, he hates, he hates you listener. He hates you. Yeah, he hates everybody. He hates you. you. He hates everyone. But he hates you. And as he's done, is it, what's he doing in the trailer? Is he hammering something? It feels like he's no, like, he, he's putting together a machine gun. That's right. He's just assembling a firearm. So as the trailer wraps up, they show off some gameplay in the form of running outside and just starting to shoot people mm-hmm. uh, who who you know don't see it coming. And the game gets rather gratuitous. You yeah, uh, go out and you just start shooting uh, random cops and random just kind of a uh, individuals of the street right outside of your um outside your house as you said. And there's seven stages of this. And this game was released in 1997 by Running with Scissors. <laughs> it also had a sequel and a film directed by Uva Boll. Yeah. 
Yep. And it was also called State of Emergency at one point. It was called State of Emergency at one point. That's true. Oh, wait. I thought we were talking about Postal. Shit. <laughs> no. What's the, we yeah, were no. talking about Postal. <laughs> what's, the, what's the name of the developer for Postal? No, Postal's running, running, with, running scissors. Gabe Newell. Oh, okay. It is running with scissors. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, you know, this is not a new concept. So, I do agree with you. But everyone is freaking out like it's a new concept. Well, and they're giving it a ton of press in doing so. So I, I understand. Before we start going, going on, Jared made a really good point when we uh, discovered this. And his point was that the most offensive thing they did was to steal the Doom logo for this. Oh, my God. It's so blatant. <laughs> Look at it. Like, man. How has it not, like, just jumped right on that? It's the it, most- it, it has other problems. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> can you kill a baby in this game? Ooh. No, but you can kill teenagers. I have well, that's not that. The closest Ooh. you're going to get. You can shoot the baby, but it just falls down and gets knocked unconscious like Skyrim. It's not even that extreme, then. When, when are we going to get the game where we can kill a baby? I'm glad we made that joke on the podcast, because we haven't done that yet. Wait, have we have we talked about killing a baby? I don't think we've done a dead baby joke on the podcast, so congratulations. Sure. Sure. I think, didn't the original thought let you kill a baby? Yes, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. It let you, um, oh, wait, the first Fallout? Yeah. Yeah. The first... That's possible. It let, you, it let you kill kids. I don't think there were actual babies in the game. There's... But yeah, children, fair game. In the uh, the Pit DLC for Fallout 3, there's a baby who holds like a cure for a disease. That's oh, true. That's you, right. you kill that baby. I think you don't you don't kill the baby, but you can give it to somebody who is going to kill it. But what's really funny is there is a mod that you can apply to the game that will add a third option that lets you eat the baby. Why is that funny, Jarrett? <laughs> I didn't how, how is that funny? I, Please it's, explain. It's funny because um because somebody made a mod to eat the baby. I mean be, it's just it's just funny there's, to see it. There's no comedy in this. It's like it's like delivery. babies are helpless and they couldn't do anything. And why would you eat it? It's, it's like, just so innocent. Well, it's just it's such a chaotic choice, right? You're not helping you anybody. Could, You're just helping yourself to some baby. God, you could say you could say that hatred is killing the baby in us all. Yeah, I think that's it's ruining our innocence. So. The game right. is the game is very, unremarkable. Very, very it doesn't look very fun or interesting. I, I, really. I really do want to stress this point that hatred is basically just fucking postal, because everyone comes up with this argument that oh yeah, but postal was witty, and no one realizes that was like the second postal where they actually made it said oh this type of gameplay is stupid. Let's go ahead and give more of a reason for it, and they did all this kind of wacky shit. But the first postal was exactly this angry guy. He just goes out of his house and just starts killing a ton of people for no people for no reason. He makes the same kind of melodramatic speeches, like in between stages, uh, you get this loading screen where he's talking about the worms festering in the earth and all this bullshit. And then he goes through these isometric levels, just killing everyone. I think there's exactly seven levels to the game. I might be wrong about that, but it's the same exact game, and no one's noticed this, like at all. Oh no, no, no! This looks like a a super unremarkable game that just has happened to. I mean, they knew exactly what they were doing. They did an they email exactly interview. What they were doing. And then here's the thing. Polygon fell for it. Oh, oh Polygon. Po- okay. No, 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 no. Let's back up here. Polygon did not fall for anything. Polygon knows exactly what they're doing, which <laughs> is getting some fucking traffic from this sweet ass game uh, that, that is deliberately courting controversy. They wrote, Everybody, like, they, they wrote like four articles on how you should pay no attention to this game. Everybody who has <laughs> written about this game, I guarantee you, was salivating as they watched the trailer because they know what they're going to get out of this. I mean, and I'm sure that that article, both articles on Polygon, or all three of them, have, uh, you know, Four, ra- racked five, up. Six. Is it, do you really have a count? Because I know they did one. They did one saying Epic was going to remove their logo. They did one that was an email interview. They did one denouncing the trailer. and then Oh, they, they did definitely a, did more than that because I haven't seen the email interview yet. Then. They did another one today that was... Um, so some people have gone out and researched the developer and determined that they were affiliated with neo-Nazis. Or yeah. Oh, really? Accused, accused them of being affiliated <laughs> with neo-Nazis. And, uh, what what po- they found was one picture of a guy wearing a neo-Nazi shirt in a group photo. So Polygon posted a... Uh, you guys sound edgy and extreme, and I would never want to meet them in a dark alley, because I'm pretty sure, um, you know, something bad would happen. Please, please don't hurt us. Well, they've, they've emphasized that they are not neo-Nazis. And oh, that's good. Put that in then there. we can go out and have a beer. 
You're you're awful quiet, Doug. Has this game tapped into your murderous? Uh, I, think, des- I think it's offended him to d- silence. See, you haven't denounced no, the game. I, I I haven't, but I'm just curious as how we've talked about Nazism and have yet to make a Holocaust joke. <laughs> I mean, we um, we already got the dead baby joke. This is this. I, I mean, I guess if we're going to talk about all this negative energy, then it makes 50 sense. Fifty episodes, yay! Yeah, the, the floodgates are open. We made it to 50, so now this is the Holocaust dead baby hour. <laughs> I hope I... all our guests that we've had on the podcast in the past are watching. So <laughs> it, goes out to, it goes out to all of you. It goes out to Philly and Cannon Brawl and, and just all of you with love. A love letter from us here at Enemy <laughs> Um, by the way, if you really want to kill babies, um, oh god, and I, and I, and I don't recommend that you get this game. But if you really want to kill babies so badly, uh, Dante's Inferno has a stage that has in the baby enemies. Um, Dead God. Dead Space Two has some pretty good baby action. Those, are those like mutated babies? Like yeah, none of those used are. to be an innocent child. None of those right, are. Right. Doug can can't. I, Doug can't I have nourished for arms, but this is a fault. Doug it? can't can get I an have... erection unless the baby is sleeping peacefully in a crib. <laughs> Can I he, has to look, he has question? to look at me like Can... a loving child would look at their it has, father. It has to coo <laughs> at him. <laughs> Can I ask a serious the last, question? The last Can I ask a part. serious question here? Oh, this has all been serious. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Um, are any of you going to buy and play Hatred? No. No. Uh, maybe. Okay. If if right. if just to see how heinous it is. I mean, okay. I might, uh, might want to pirate it instead i guess I, I, I think i'm with jared i have that like kind of morbid curiosity with the game i think by the I, time it, i think by the time it comes out everybody will have pretty much forgotten anyway um, yeah i i do nothing yet traffic hits so the people well, let's, let's talk about something less offensive for a moment and something more family friendly because i'm wearing my um duck dynasty pjs right now <laughs> well and and you know duck dynasty nobody dies but ducks and that's nobody dies but ducks aren't people that's pretty good i hear there's a side mission where you can kill uncle Sai, but i haven't actually <laughs> then i would buy that game if they let Seriously. me kill every member of that family i would buy it oh yeah because yeah, that's a little more cool it's the killing podcast don't forget it's spooky it's halloween <laughs> that's, <laughs> dies. that's next it's week the boo so, cast. while 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 we're at it um, I'm going to go ahead and just expand this thread a little further and include publishers as well. So publishers are going to die. And devs. And so can you name some publishers that you want to kill? Oh, definitely. Um, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. There we go. Boy, that that joke is almost worth leaving that shit in. I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it all sounds in retrospect. <laughs> I do want I do want to say on a serious note, as to hatred, I can understand a little bit, a little bit. I can understand or empathize a little bit with somebody who is disgusted by this trailer and also is of the belief that it has come at an incredibly inopportune time. Um, you know, within just a couple days of this death threat issued by my beloved home state towards Miss Anita Sarkeesian, who was coming to speak at one of the universities in Utah. Isn't it just an unfortunate time in general because we've had all these school shootings and um, shootings of teenagers of that happen to be darker than a certain complexion in the United I mean, States? To be fair, that's like every other week here. Dude. Right, right, right. But so I guess my point is that this is extra like good timing for them. It's good timing for the developer, um, but it's bad timing for like us as an industry because you know this is a very specific video game related piece of violence. Which I kind of felt like after Jack Thompson got disbarred, this whole thing had kind of blown over a little bit. Like when was the last time you heard about people really getting outraged and upset about violence in games? It's been a right, while. Right, but I don't think I don't think it's gotten that kind of attention. Only people that have given it attention is us, the industry. 
That's I guess that's true. Um, although MSNBC is doing a lot of stuff uh, revolving around Gamergate, and that's all we'll say about it. But uh, um, you should see their coverage of it because it's a big fucking mess. Like they got ex- no. they got exactly what they wanted out of this whole situation. <laughs> so I guess I guess the moral of the story with hatred is they probably made a bad game. They picked the absolute best time that they could have to announce its existence. I'm sure I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they waited until something like this happened and then announced it. Or if you really want to go down the conspiracy rabbit hole, they wrote the death threat to Anita Sarkeesian. Mm. Uh, oh, you guys I think you're on to something. Yeah, put on your it's foil like, hats with me. It's Let's be talk. like National Treasure 5. I'm gonna I'm gonna write an anonymous email to and I'll, uh, I will Kotaku write. and see if I can get them to publish an article about it. I think it's even <laughs> further. I think Anita's also in on it. I don't I don't I don't think it's that easy to um, get an anonymous email published in Kotaku. Oh my god! Know. Oh my god! Anita is a Polish video game developer, and her plan all along has been to release this game. It just blew my mind. Yes, it's... it just blew my mind. She's working both sides. She's the Illuminati. Yeah. That's pretty much exactly it. Um, so, like I said, moral so of the story. I was, I was going to say I was going to write the movie based on your conspiracy theory, but now Dan Brown needs to write the book, and then I can write the movie based on Dan Brown's book. Shadow of Gamergate, the novel. Shadow of Gamergate, the novel. It sounds actually kind of all right. I don't, like I don't want to see uh, Tom Hanks running around the offices of Valve looking for clues. <laughs> would he be? Would Tom Hanks be Anita? <laughs> yes, that, that's that's <laughs> no, 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 no. Tom, Tom Hanks. Who's the who's the main character in all of Dan Brown's books? What's his what's his name? Yeah, the the professor. Um, Not Robert the... Robert shoot. De Niro. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro who's Hanks. Girl, who's, who's the woman? I'm sorry, the young woman. Here I hear Lucia uh, looking. Starting starting Zero Dark Thirty because that's who you get to play Anita. Oh yeah, Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. Yeah, there you go. So, Jessica Chastain is Anita. You know what the sad part is? I read two of his books and I don't know the name of the character. That it's shows, right, you, I know, I know that shows you how well, how uh, how much of an impression it's made on me. It's Robert something. Robert Langdon. Hey, hey, Robert hey, take, Langdon. Take, take, take your book reading to some place that they don't play video games, okay? Let's not have that bullshit here. Boy. Hey, man, stop thank you. oppressing me. There's some violent books out there too, guys. Yeah. Are there are. violent books out there? There's some bad ones. Like what? Well, why aren't they banned? Like, um, I mean, there's there's a shit ton. Anybody here ever read Child of God? No. no. By, by Cormac McCarthy? Go read it. It's about a pedophile murderer who lives in a cave. I did read The Road, which was the most depressing shit I've ever read. Yeah. And I loved it, and at the same time, it made me profoundly sad. This one's even worse, and nobody it, blinked an eye when it came out. It was like, okay, now I'm depressed, but I love this. Um, I think I think the most violent book I've ever read um, was The Cat in the Hat. I was going to make that joke. <laughs> ah, I beat you to it. <laughs> the Cat in the Hat, huh? Yep. Green Eggs and Ham. Except, Green Eggs and Ham. Except so by the I. end, he gets so upset with the constant harassment that he, like, stabs him. I mean, why are they green? I mean, it's like, you know, either they're spoiled or they're poisoned. So here's here's a question: Has that been made into a full length feature film yet? Cat and uh, the Hat. No, it. Green Eggs and Ham. Because I know Cat in the Hat has. I know that the Lorax has. Are there any other Susical books that have? Uh, they do it all the time. But you know, there there are some of the old movies. I think, or at least old half hour featurettes or something that they used to do. No, see, I'm I'm talking like a two hour, like a a, a ten page book that's been expanded into a two hour um, thing. Here's Don't, don't worry your pretty little head because I'm sure someone's working on it. Here's the second question. And, Are there any if you worry if you do worry that pretty little head, I will cut it off and mail it to you in a box. What we should really talk about this week is the uh cat in the hat video game for PlayStation One. No, that's there's not a the cat in the hat video game. Yeah, there's a cat about, in, there's a cat in the hat about, video game. I thought this conversation is stagnating. Let's move on to the next news item because I don't think we're done with the death threats yet. All right, so let's talk about let's talk about more death. So just to recap, uh, hatred is a game about death. Uh, Anita Sarkeesian was threatened with death, which is which is by the way, I do think I do think 
that no matter what side of the fence you're on, um, it is in very poor taste. And I think Utah, frankly, has a stupid law around it. Well, that's a that's a whole other uh, <laughs> that's a whole other can of worms to. Open. But you're you're from there, so please please explain the law to us. Well, it's pretty simple. So, uh, U- U- Utah is an open carry state, and what that means is that if you want to, you can carry a gun exposed on your hip. Uh, and it just the the law says it has to be two stages away from firing, so there can't be a bullet in the chamber, uh, essentially. Um, and, and the safety has to be on. That is the safety has to be on, and a bullet can't be in the chamber. And the safety has to be on anyway, unless you're going to shoot. So if a, so, if a cop pulls you over and you're open carrying, and a lot of people don't understand that part of the law, and so they get you know so they go into like a store, and someone panics and calls the police, and if the cops come and they check your gun and they find that you have a, a round in the chamber, then you're technically in violation at that point. Um, anyway, you can have that gun open carried in any public place, and Utah State University just happens to be a public place. So the the university can't officially ban the gun. If it was a private university like BYU down south, they would have been able to say, oh, no, you can't have guns at this talk, and they would have been able to you know, put up some precautions for it. But Utah State University is a public school, and as a result, they there's nothing that they can do about it. And I'm, were, I'm, glad, they, I'm glad you explained that because, you know, I think the slant is that, oh, the cops aren't going to do anything to protect Anita. They don't care or whatever it is. But I think that's a very kind of a serious kind of distinction because, you know, the cops are following the law. And they, again, there was an I extra think, layer to this as well. Like the university didn't even want to allow them to be like have like pat downs which i learned later that was actually within their rights they could have done that oh, they just couldn't okay. have taken the guns away right mm. they could have pat someone down like okay you have an open carry you they wouldn't i guess they couldn't allow them to not come in but they could have at least known that that person was indeed carrying a weapon I th- so they, I they think were allowed to do that but they they decided not to i think you have to ask though what exactly is going to happen under those conditions because you got to think um, I don't I don't know what the security plan was for that event, but if it's a public safety officer there um, who are probably doing most of the coverage of the event, you have to think, what are they actually going to do in this case? And I think that's an honest question because you have, um, unfortunately, we have other shootings here in the United States where we've had officers that we've assumed to be officers of the law, which, you know, I, I think if you're educated on the matter you know that's not the case but they're not allowed to carry weapons they're not allowed to really do anything um but kind of be there and be a figurehead and i'm kind of talking about what happened with lax and the tsa and all that kind of stuff so um you know these security issues are real and you know you have to i i i I don't i don't i i don't believe that anyone actually has the means to act on these threats but i think if you're that scared for your own safety and you see this kind of like security issue with it then you're right to call off the event i i don't think that uh i don't think anybody no matter how much you dislike anita would fault her for canceling that talk Um, yeah absolutely i i think that's totally fair i don't know if you read the threats that they actually sent but a lot of the email snippets were posted online and i mean it's very explicit like it is very explicit bathe in blood and shit like that so i mean this isn't like this isn't like if she goes, I'm going to be awful mad and I'm going to come with my gun. It's more like, you know, I'm going to watch her life force drain and drink her sweet, sweet red nectar. It's, it's creepy. Jesus. <laughs> That's actually a little worse, but. That's, okay. Well, even so, it's, it's still. But anyway, so that went down. We had to deal with that. The two kind of coincided nicely and really just made us as an industry look really bad. I was impressed, though, because for the most part, I didn't see, aside from our own uh, industry news sources, I didn't really see any mainstream pieces pick up uh, hatred. Uh, I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, and I, 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 no, I think that's the consideration you have to give. I think as an industry, we sometimes, um, or a lot of the times, act on things wrongly. Um, and if it's a piece like hatred, you just don't give it any coverage. I think, I think the podcast is a place for us to kind of like just decompress and talk about this shit because it's like just crazy and insane and you kind of need to talk about it. But on our news site, our actual news site, we're not paying it any mind, you know, and if you honestly believe it shouldn't be paid any mind, then you won't do it. Um, and you know, it's just, we only heard about it because Polygon started talking about it. You only heard about it because Polygon started talking about it. And I think, you know, I, I, earlier I said they, they fell for it and then Jared corrected me. I think that's right. I think 
I think it's definitely for the clickbait. It's like, oh, look at the hits that you can get off of this thing. Yeah. Um, so and the, and 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 serious actual mainstream news sites don't need um, to generate that kind of controversy. They have actual shit to deal with. Yeah. I, Ebola scares too. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> actual shit like these Ebola scares, <laughs> which is coming for everyone in the United States. Um, so I'm not going to kill you, publishers and developers and video game journalists, but Ebola will definitely kill you. All of I'm going to go to Africa, get Ebola, and then I'm going to cough on you. This is so grisly. <laughs> it's Halloween. What a grisly podcast. <laughs> the big anniversary. Let's let's brighten <laughs> let's brighten the day a little bit with some positive news. Okay. Um, there was this game on Steam called Paranautical Activity, and we got actually review keys for it maybe like uh, six or seven months ago, and we actually would be reviewing it right about now because the game just barely left Early Access, and when it left Early Access, Steam went ahead and did the bro thing and posted up a banner that said, hey, this game is out, but unfortunately, they still categorized it as Early Access on the banner which caused great distress to Mr. Mike Malbeck, who is, uh, I don't know how big Code Avarice is, but he's, it's an it's a under 10-man team, maybe even just like two or three guys. Um, and so he went to Twitter to complain about how awful Steam was and how, what a terrible job Valve was doing. And in that process, as he like kind of got himself more and more and more upset... He accidentally let loose with a, uh, you know, a kind of unfortunate tweet. Um, here, let me let me read it verbatim. Here we go. Okay, so here's how it begins. It starts with, and I'm just going to quote these directly. See if you can guess what Mike's favorite word is. We start with, are you fucking kidding me, Steam? We just released out of early access, and this is our front page banner. And he posts a picture saying that the game is in early access. Um then we have, first they forced me to delay the game because I can't release on weekends. Now this, Steam is the most incompetent piece of fucking shit. Next tweet is, fucking Steam is just fucking taking money out of my pocket, misinforming people that my game is in fucking early access. <laughs> and then finally, we ended with, I am going to kill Gabe Newell. He is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that, um... Okay. <laughs> I mean that—that's how you deal with kind of things like that. You know, he could have just called Steam and be like, "Hey, you know, we're not in early access anymore." And then, you, you know, see- it might take a few hours or a few days, or you know, you can just go in and you know threaten people. I, 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 yeah, why would you do the reasonable thing when you could immediately jump to the unreasonable thing? I think. What I mean, really- you just finished the game. What better thing to do than to get it unlisted from? The biggest content delivery system for indie games. You know what really locks in the just like just what seals it on that tweet is the second line emphasizing he is going to die because the first line didn't really spell it out enough. And so he felt <laughs> I like, mean, like it sounded like know, just some guy venting until he was like he's going to die. You, you know, you know, you know, it's even better. It's his apology. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Do you have that, Jared? Could you read it for us? Was it a tweet, or was are you just referring to his it was post? post? It's on his website. It's on his website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. I'll, uh... <laughs> Yesterday, Paranautical Activity released out of Steam Early Access, and following some confusion about the state of the game, I became frustrated with Steam and tweeted a series of angry tweets that ended in me sarcastically saying I was going to kill Gabe Newell. A statement I obviously didn't mean, but was regardless completely <laughs> unacceptable. As a result of my actions, Paranautical Activity, a game made by four or five people, depending on who you count as team members, was removed from Steam. I feel it is my responsibility to step down from Code Avarice completely so that Steam has no reason to harbor any more ill will towards the company, and maybe even if we can, can't see Paranautical Activity restored. At least future Code Avarice games may be allowed onto the platform. I'm really deeply sorry that my short-sighted, hot-tempered actions resulted in not only my own dreams and aspirations being destroyed, but those of the entire team I worked with. I'm sorry that my statements made Valve and or Gabe uncomfortable and upset, rightfully so. 
My temper and tendency to use Twitter to vent has been a consistent problem since I entered the games industry, and I just can't do it. I don't have the willpower necessary to be the face of a company. If I do continue to work in games, it will be as an anonymous one of 1,000 at some shitty corporation, not the most public (laughs) figure of a single-digit sized team. I've sold my half of Code Avarice to Travis, given up all my rights to CA as a company and all its intellectual properties. I won't receive any money from the sale of Paranautical Activity or any future games CA develops. I won't be consulted on business decisions, and I won't have any hand in development. I am out. Well, you know what we have to do? Pour one out for a homie? We have to kill Mike. I mean, we're going to kill everybody, so yeah, he's on the list. It's the, it's the kill cast. What Steam's else? already working on it. <laughs> hey, you know what? You, you, don't, know you what? don't fuck with Gabe. You know what they did kill? It's his career. No, I, I love I love the, the shitty corporation line. Because, look, if you are talented enough, and I saw you doing something like this, I might hire you and put you in a situation where you wouldn't talk to other human beings. But after going like, you know, I'm going to work in a shitty corporation. I mean, that's that's a winning attitude right there that you want in your I, team. I guess my I'll come one, work my for your one, shitty company. Like, yeah, exactly. I like the entire first paragraph where he says, uh, you know, I became frustrated with Steam. I think that's a little bit <laughs> of an understatement. And he said, and tweeted a series of angry tweets that ended in me sarcastically saying I was going to kill Gabe's duo, Newell. A statement I obviously didn't mean. But regardless, it's completely unacceptable. <laughs> oh, man. What a, what a treat. <laughs> um, so, it, it, the funny thing is, is, in a lot of these tweets where he's decrying Steam, he's also emphasizing that they have a monopoly, uh, as though that justifies, you know, acting the way that he's acting. The thing is, is if you realize that the company has a monopoly... Perhaps you should not burn your bridge with them. <laughs> just, just a thought. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I find this whole thing to be pretty funny. I think that Steam took the right action removing the account. He's behaving very childishly on Twitter. Even today, he's still kind of acting that way. And um, you know, there's a lot of people commenting, and and he's retweeting them, saying that this is like an attack on him or something. Because you know, uh, Gabe knows this guy and uh, really hates him, so <laughs> that's what he's trying to do. If- Wait, so he's saying he's saying he's saying it's a personal attack on him. He's saying that he basically threatened to kill the head of a company. And now they're attacking him on a personal level. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. My favorite part about this whole thing is his very unfortunate Halloween name change to oh God. to Mike Murderbeck. <laughs> oh, why? Because, <laughs> I mean, shit. When Mike Murderbeck tweets and says, I'm going to kill Gabe Newell, it seems a little more legit, doesn't it? I mean, I guess if you're going to have the, the rap, run with it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But um, so he'd already changed it for uh, whatever. I, I I don't know. It's just it's a very unfortunate setup. Jesus Christ. But yeah. So anyway, the game was removed from Steam. Um, it's I've played it. It's not a very good game. So if you're thinking to yourself like, oh, man, I should play it now that it's like rare, you know, like Flappy Bird or something like that. Um it's not really worth your time, but it's well, if you like Minecraft and if you like Quake and you said, I would like these two games to be combined, only I want them to be worse than both of those games. And Paranautical Activity is the game for you. I guess you also have to specifically request that the game look like Minecraft, but have nothing to do with Minecraft in any way whatsoever. By the way, Mike, if this podcast upsets you, I live in New York City. So feel free to hunt me down and send me death threats. <laughs> so go ahead and murder Jay. I mean, you can come for me too. I live in Florida, so you know my life's pretty much dodging death every day. So it is worth noting that this kid is twenty years old. He can't even le- he can't even legally drink yet. I wasn't making death threats at twenty. Well, years. so so what you're telling me is that he doesn't have alcohol to distract him from killing. You. So he didn't have alcohol to to make <laughs> his rampage so even upset. more. Yeah, because if he was drunk, I'm sure this would have been a much tamer. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's usually what happens with angry people when they get drunk. They, they and I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he absolutely was not drunk because, as we all know, everyone in the United States of America definitely follows the law that they must be 21 to drink. Well, it's too bad. It would have been a great scapegoat, but if he admits to it, then he admits to breaking the law, and the police are going to come and get him. But that's, I mean, that's, that that's, what, that's what I would have blamed it on. I would have said, like, somebody, uh, you know, like... Force. I think making a death threat is breaking the law. And so technically, we've already broken the law like 20 times in this podcast. Some frat... Bo- uh, we'll, we'll, we'll clean it up. Some, <laughs> some frat boys broke into the house and, uh, you know... Took over his Twitter. Fed him a beer. They poured it all down his throat. And then they and then they made him at gunpoint make, gave. make threatening statements. Anyway, I don't know. The whole thing's a mess. It's pretty funny. I hope it I think everybody deserves a second chance. So I hope it doesn't, you know, kill him forever in in the industry. But it's definitely gonna hurt, and he's definitely gonna deserve that hurt because this was just a stupid thing to do across the board. You know who doesn't deserve the hurt? Who? Everybody else that worked in the fucking game with him. The four other people that made the game? <laughs> yes. Maybe they do. We don't know. Maybe they're dicks. Yeah, maybe they're horrible people. Maybe they're dicks and they just knew how to keep it to themselves. Well, you know, that's... I mean, if we didn't do that, then none of us would have a job here. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, um, I wrote down one other piece of news, and it's not going to get nearly the attention that the last two got. Um, Far Cry 4 is coming out. And they announced season pass details today, and I just had to toss this in here. Not only is the entire season pass mapped out, so they know what all the DLC is going to be, um, they have day one DLC that you can only get by purchasing the season pass. And that sounds like fucking evil. It's, <laughs> it's just too good. Anyway, that's going on too. But that's- what's what's the what's the DLC that? You can only get... Uh, what it is, is you, um, in the DLC... So you know that bad guy on the cover of the game? Yeah. The DLC is... Uh, it, it gives you a shack that you go in, and you can write death threats to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably on the disc, too. Yeah, it's probably on the disc. I want to say, I think we might have had some real news, but because of all the death threats, and all the death, and all the murder and killing... All that real news got pushed off. Next week was supposed to be the Halloween episode. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. <laughs> no, there is there is John Wick DLC for Payday 2. So that's pretty big news. Oh, yeah. That, I forgot about that. I'm and sure I released Jason it. was here. He would care. Speaking of, speaking of death threats. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what the, the really important news uh, this week are? What's that? Some delivery boy has Adam Sessler's address. It's a tragedy. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, what? This is, this is, this is the Adam, Adam Sussler. Adam Sussler made a tweet. He, was, he said that uh, the delivery boy came to his house and he recognized him. Um, and Adam Sussler said, I know he means well, but now I'm scared for my life or something along those lines. Because of and, Gamergate. Yeah, because of Gamergate. And, and then a bunch of other kind of um, subpar level... Um, I would say maybe a little more recognition of enemy slime, but not really that big. Uh, tweeted, like retweeted him and said, oh, yeah, I have the same type of fear. Like, um, you know, this Pizza Hut guy noticed me and and now I'm scared. And I don't order from them anymore and all this kind of shit. And it's like just people being kind of prima donnas over it and trying to get their little bit of attention because, you know, one person got a very serious, legitimate death threat that I think they were right to act on. But now everyone else is kind of being extra melodramatic about it and fearing for their lives and something that really has no connection to it at all. Like, you know, the delivery boy has my address. It's like me freaking out about the postman knowing where my mailbox is, you know, going downstairs and be like, oh my God, now tons of people are going to come and kill me because I work for enemy slime. It's like, I just don't understand that well, logic. Well, you, you're if missing... someone really wanted to find out where you lived and kill you, especially if you're in the public eye, it wouldn't be that hard for them to do it. Anyway... All right, so, well, yeah. there you go. So, guys, we've issued some death threats. We've responded to some death threats. <laughs> we've reacted to other death threats. Death threat, death threat, death threat. And, and we've invited some death threats. We've invited some. You know what? I gave Screensheet a three for a score. And, uh, By the way, I thought it was a pretty good review. Ah, uh, So, I mean, let's talk about Screensheet a little bit. Um, I think, yeah. are Lucio and I the only people who have successfully played it? Yeah. We should all play a match because I've only the maximum I've ever played it with is three people. I've never played it with four. 
Um, and I'll bet that game is just insane when you are playing it with four people because it's already kind of nuts when you're playing it with just one or two. So if you're just uh, you know coming into this, Screen Sheet is a first-person shooter where everyone is invisible. Um, and so, but you can also see everybody's screen, like the old split screen kind of golden eye thing. And there's, uh, the levels are all color coded. So there's like a quadrant of the level that'll be purple and a quadrant that'll be blue. And like the walls are blue and the ceiling is blue. And it's even kind of funny because if you're outside and you look up at the sky, the sky will be those colors too. But, uh, but anyway, there's all these landmarks, like, you know, there'll be a statue or a painting on the wall and they're all very unique. And so you can look at these landmarks and other people's screens and get a rough idea of where they're standing and then blow them away with your, with your weapon. And it's a really, really cool game. But my big issue with it is that if you don't have like people to play with, there's nothing for you to do at all. Yeah. Um, there's nothing to unlock. There's nothing to, there's, there's literally nothing to do. Like you can experience all of that game's content within less than an hour. Pretty easy. So there's no, there's no AI to go against. No AI to go against, which would have made a big difference. If there was just a, like a, a a random match mode, I definitely would have given it a four instead of a three. Didn't even, didn't even, uh, GoldenEye even have bots? No. No, it had no bots. Okay. Then there you go. Yeah. So, um, but you know, it's, it's not robots. 1998 anymore. Plus, uh, it's single player mode. Perfect Dark had bots. Yeah, it did. And pretty good bots, too. So, they were assholes. Perfect but, Dark was also an actual game, I think. Perfect Dark was pretty good. Um, anyway, I, I played it with Lucio the other night, and then I, the, all my other matches have just been local. Um, it's a lot of fun. I, I like it a lot. It just doesn't quite. It just doesn't quite have enough. Like, there's only five levels. There's uh, there's a pretty good amount of weapons. I don't like know. The, the target audience for this is, like, roommates who are going to get drunk in the weekend and play it. Yeah. that's Unless you're in that situation, then... Anyway, I, I've been playing that. I don't really know that there's that much more to say about it. Like, it's such a cool idea. It's a really, really cool idea. It just There's just not enough game wrapped around it. Um, if it had had some kind of campaign or five more levels or something like that, I would say it's closer to being worth the price they're asking for. And you know what? To the developer's credit, it looks like they're doing free content updates. So maybe in a couple months, this game will be worth that price tag. But as of right now, I, I just don't think it's quite there yet. So are you. What else have we been meaning to talk about? Do you guys want to talk about Smash Brothers? Yeah, we could talk about Smash Brothers. I also played Ethan Carter. Do you have a... Do you have a preference? What do you want to hear about? Right, so you can smash some bros. You want to smash some bros? How's, how's your Smash Brothers experience going, Jay? My Smash Brothers experience is going pretty good. I still can't find the last fucking whip I need to round out my Samus. But other than that, it's going good. So I'm, I'm kind of mad at the game. Right? You're kind of mad at the game. I'm kind, of, kind, of, I'm kind of, of mad right now because I, um, I have cleared off the entire challenges board, uh, like the first tier or whatever, Except right. for the last one, which is find three costumes. And did you did you not did you not save any hammers? To... I did not. I used yeah. them for other things. One was the street pass one, and I can't remember what the others were. The first one was just like I was like, "What's this?" And then I used it because <laughs> I I'm thought that's what I did too. That's actually what I did because I thought I'd get more. And uh, then the other one I used on street pass because I was like, ah, "I won't need that." And I don't remember what I did the third one on. But either way, I'm out of hammers. And I cannot find, I don't even think I have a costume, much less yeah. three of them. I eventually got three costumes, but it took a very long time to get three costumes. It is like one of the rarest drops in the stupid should, game. Should we maybe talk, you know, clarify to people what the fuck we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So the, I, I, like, this, I like this mechanic in the game a lot because it gives you something to work for and it keeps you playing in different ways. There's basically this board of challenges and all the Smash Brothers games since I think like Melee have had it. There's a board with all these squares on it, and the one square will be like, you know, win a match with such and such. And when you do it, it will unlock a little piece of art, and then each square has some kind of prize associated with it, and that could be a stage, or I don't think there's any characters tied to them, but usually like trophies or, you know, something, a, a music soundtrack. Um, so... You know, I I like to complete those, but I'm stuck at this point where I just can't do that anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, if you see, the th- I, I get the sense that you're not playing it, now I'm playing it, because uh, I've been pretty obsessive over it, and I've cleared it with, um, uh, I've, I've cleared Classic Mode with Zero Suit Sam six times now, and I just now started clearing it with the other characters. Why, this, um, why the same character? What are you getting? Are you just getting moves for that character? Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying. To, I'm, I'm just trying to do the, the most to kind of optimize getting her moves. But I, and I feel like I get moves. Random. I feel like I get moves for characters even when I'm not playing yeah. as them. No, no, it's very. It's actually pretty random um, when you get moves in this game. Uh, but I, I, I find personally, maybe I'm wrong. I find if I play as that particular character and just take them on run after run after run, it raises the chances of getting items for that character feels more and likely it, it it it's kind of annoying because you know in in a in fighting games especially or um you know let's 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 pretend for the purposes of this podcast that smash brothers is acceptable as a fighting game uh you like to stick to your mains and you you, you know you, you find a couple of characters that you really like and you're like okay i'm gonna play this character online and all this kind of stuff and i think um what this smash brothers offers that's brand new is the ability to customize your fighters, and you can kind of change your stats a little bit and uh, make them absolutely ridiculous. Like you can uh, give them a ton of power, which is going to leave them like weak as a fucking feather. And um, you know, I mean, I mean, their defenses are low, but if you can smash anyone instantly, you know, what does that matter? And you can get different moves for them as well, which kind of modifies um, each of their moves a little bit. Um, unless we're talking about the Mies and uh, Palatina who get vastly different moves. Um, it's like for Zero Suit Samus, she has her little somersault thing, which um, kind of quickly gets her a little bit out of range. It's good for confusing people. Um, it's not that great initially, but you can get two other versions. And I think one version has her jump much higher, um, you know, and there's another version that bas- can basically get her from one side of the screen to the next, but she jumps much lower. Um, and I found kind of like um, customizing her with that and taking her online into matches where people allow customized characters is just kind of like a great mechanic for really frustrating people and 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 and, and skipping away from them and all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, I got you with my Smash Tech. Nope, I'm over here now. Um, and those moves are really fun. But the problem is... Those moves are just so super rare to get. It's like it's like it's they have they have like five things assigned to kind of just one random mechanic I think in the game. So you can do smash run and you can do classic mode. In the classic mode, uh, there's a relay wheel, and the relay wheel uh, you have like a chance to get you know this red wrench, and the red wrench is tied literally either you can get a new move, you can get a new trophy, you can get a suit, you can get a hat. Um, or you can get an equipable piece of gear, um, you know, and all this is completely random and it's def- and it's not guaranteed that any other stuff will be useful for the character you're using and it's not guaranteed any of this stuff will be new. So it takes you a very long time to find shit in this game unless you know how to cheat the system like I found out how to do. How are you cheating the system? Well, with, you play through classic mode and um, when you go, you know, when you start each level... You're going to get the relay wheel, and what you can do is you can hit the home button, and the home button will freeze the screen, and you get a glimpse of kind of what's coming up next on the wheel. So when you finally see what you want on that wheel, you hold down the A button, um, and when you return from the home screen, you're automatically going to hit that item. And so I, I definitely built up Zero Suit Samus' skills much faster using that trick than I think I would have just taking her through the game normally. Um... So let me let me ask, uh, diverting from customizations a little bit. Who are obviously Zero Suit Samus? But let's talk about the new characters on the roster. Who who oh, are your, she is new. Who are your guys? Who do you like? Kind of new. She's sort of new. She's she yeah. Um, who do I like? I I don't know. The the new characters. I'm not. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not that fond of the new guys. Um, I like Lucina, but Lucina plays like Marth. Pretty right. Much. Right. Um, the bare minimum of what a new character could be. Yeah, pretty much. And I like Duck Hunt Dog a lot. Duck Hunt Dog is pretty good, actually. I know that Doug <laughs> was saying that he was planning on maining Duck Hunt Dog. <laughs> not that he's good. It kind of takes the fun out of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now it's not, not in his plan. I thought it was just important the character be lame, not necessarily that the character be he's good lame, or bad. But I also like playing bad characters. Uh, I'm not okay. very good at Smash Brothers. 
so I get joy out of just playing shitty ones. I think um, I think Little Mac is great. Like he's really really good. I didn't like him the first few times I used him, and I still have a lot of situations where I'm using him, and I find myself like sailing off the map or something. But the amount of damage that he can do and the uh, level of speed that he has just usually will compensate for my one accidental death in a match. I, I, I think there are two. Well, first, I think I think all of the new characters are pretty interesting because let's uh, divert to Shulk and Robin and um, weep at Trainer for a moment because I think the three of them all have something in common, perhaps more in common than most of the other new characters. And it's that they they feel like they, they, they play like a lot how they do in kind of their uh, core video games, if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it does. No, I, I, I kind of get what you mean. But but Robin, you know, his or her wep- weapons will deteriorate over time as you use them. Um, we Fit Trainer, it's all about timing and holding a pose and holding the position. And Shulk, you know, Xenoblade was heavy in having to use buffs on your party. And Shulk is, is you know, his, his skill set is basically using buffs. Um, and I, I, I think that's unique and I think it's a clever idea, but I think it's a little too clever for the type of gameplay that's in Smash Brothers. Um, you know, I think it makes them a little too complicated to use. Effectively. It, Shulk in, in particular is really tricky to get the hang of because you basically have to memorize the color and orders of his buffs and he's got like yeah. six of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got a lot to cycle through and so you it's know. basically the same as he is in the game. <laughs> Right, pretty much. I I do um, think um uh oh shit uh Robin I think Robin is actually probably my second favorite new addition. I'm I'm not I'm not super in love with Robin, but Robin's pretty good. Can, uh, so 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 Rosalina and Luma are interesting. Um, you know I I I think players could maybe get good at them because you can kind of control where Luma is on the screen, mm-hmm. and um, Luma can be crazy powerful if you get kind of the right star um you know because it comes back in different colors all the time um you know so essentially you're playing with two fighters at once because you can send luma anywhere while rosalina fights at close range um that one's interesting i didn't try greninja that much but greninja's pretty generic i feel like um i mean like the down b is a counter and uh stationary b is a projectile not a very good projectile either i don't know he's he's all right i he's a good all-rounder i guess but i I liked him the most when i started with the new characters but over time he's actually kind of slipped back into one of the more generic choices i think so Um, at least uh palutina i think yeah palutina is pretty good the few times i've used her well well, the thing about palutina is that she's basically an additional me and with the Miis, you can basically customize them how you want. And I think the Miis come in uh, three flavors. You have Brawler, you have Gunner, and then you have uh, Swordsman. And their moves are really just a random mixture of all the other characters on the roster and only slightly tweaked a bit. So you can take a Mii and you can just kind of adjust them however you want. And Palutina is actually the same. So it should kind of be like a mage class me, I feel like. Um, because she just has a ton of random different moves that you can customize how you want. Um, so, By the way, I don't know if you know this about Shulk, but one of the things that I don't think the game ever tells you, maybe it's in the little insert that came with it, um, if you enable a Monado art, you can shut it off by... Um, you tap the equivalent of the B button three times. I think it is the B button. You tap the B button oh. three times, and that will actually cancel the art and let you pick a new one. That's actually very handy to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Because if you get stuck in a buff you don't want on Shulk, that just sucks for... It, you, it just turns into a game of you running away. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of cases. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like a lot of the new mechanics. I think some of them you kind of hit on are meant for a game that is maybe a little different than what it is like shulk seems like a very complex character for a game that has a pretty simple audience well i shouldn't even say that because smash brothers players like the good ones are are crazy um yeah they are so i finding exploits (laughs) yeah so and god knows what they're gonna find in this game um and that's kind of i've shied away from the customization a little bit just because yeah, like it's cool. It's a neat feature, but I feel like I feel like it's not something that 
I, I would hate to get really good at using a character and then wind up later on in matches where I can't use that character. Do you get what I mean? Like, I do, but I mean, it, I, I don't feel like it changes the gameplay of that character so dramatically that, that you, you know, wouldn't you be, be good anymore. Yeah, because I, I, I think that's the difference between most of the roster. You know, Palatina and Mies, that's definitely a concern because they all play massively differently, but then they've already been banned from tournaments. Um, but I think I think with all the rest of the characters, it's just kind of a slight adjustment in their abilities. So you're still going to know how to use them. I think, finally, I think with Zero Suit Samus, first of all, I've run the game so many times as her um, that I have a pretty solid grasp on how she works. And I think, finally, after all these runs, I found a moveset that makes her feel a little different from how she is in her core. Um, but it's it's you're, you're still pretty much playing the same person. There's nothing that's going to throw you off that much. Let's we crossed over the hour mark. Um, and I so I, I, I think we probably won't have time to talk too much more about some of these other games. You have a lot of death threats to cut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I, and actually, so before we close up, I do want to make sure that I read. We got an email this week. And oh, uh, it is. so I is do a death threat. I do want to make sure that we read this email from is, Ryan. Is it a death threat? No, but it seems oh. it still seems strangely appropriate for this podcast. I don't think this is a question that any of us can answer or, or are willing to answer, but here it is, just in case. Uh, Ryan asks, have you ever gotten an erection from a non-pornographic video game? Uh, answer's no. I like that he clarified non-pornographic. <laughs> All of them. I mean, <laughs> I was a teenager once, you know, and we'll get erections just from, like, the wind. Just, just from anything. <laughs> this is a slight breeze comes in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Sometimes that Minecraft. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> those, those rectangles. Doug, those voxels. Doug just sets them down so they look like boobs, you know, like just two of them kind of next to each other. <laughs> I can't play for longer than five minutes, right? I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Um, so does, does does Skyrim still count as a non-pornographic video game after you've modded it? Uh, yeah, I would say Depends so. Depends on the mod. <laughs> there um, are some mods out there. The oh, mods man. that you have, I don't think make those, it pornographic. Those, those penis mods for Minecraft for Skyrim. I'm yeah, gonna think... I'm gonna go ahead and chip in uh, Crash Team Racing. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Something about those carts. Mortal Kombat 9, nothing like blood and boobs. Mortal Kombat 9. There's blood mostly the blood that did it to you. Of course. Well, there you go. I hope that's the answer that you wanted, Ryan. <laughs> that's a very <laughs> odd question. Oh, uh, you know. He needs to know that he's not alone out there. And Doug confirmed that. It's okay if you got an erection from beach volleyball. DOA beach volleyball. Oh, that's... Most people did. Yeah, DOA beach volleyball. That was pretty much or the Custer's Revenge. That's pretty much the only reason why you bought that game, right? Just because you wanted. No, to we bought direction. we bought it because we really love volleyball. I guess maybe, and what, we haven't we won't have a chance to talk about it yet. But um, Bayonetta, I don't know if you guys remember, but the first Bayonetta had a um, a gameplay mode that you could turn on that would allow you to play the game with one hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. They. that's that's awesome yeah i think they spun it as like an accessibility kind of thing um to help like disabled people Mm -hmm. but i think there was (laughs) i don't think that's really the case um so but hey there'll be plenty of time to shame that game next week so let's just uh let's hold our ponies until then but um so anyway there you there you have it i think that's uh i think that's our show if you uh haven't already go check out our website it's enemyslime.com there's 49 more of these bad boys for you to go enjoy yeah uh, this is our great our grand 50th episode where we just threatened everyone subscribe to us on itunes so that we can threaten you more or um, we, or we kill you go give us a review actually on itunes that'd be great we don't or have... we will kill you yeah or or you'll be killed um <laughs> What else? Uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook so that, you can, you. so that you can be as up to date as possible with our death threats. Um, <laughs> those are both the enemy slime on either service. And if you get the other enemy slime, we'll kill you. Oh my god. <laughs> and hey, if you want to know more about our erections, you just gotta ask. Yeah. yeah just, just ask us. 
Just send us, send us. Ask us exactly what it takes for that erection to occur. Yeah, um, if you have a question about erections, send it to contact at enemyslime.com. And if you have an erection for more than four hours, seek out medical help immediately. And and if this podcast gave you an erection, may God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) And I believe with that, we are out.